Yvonne and Raphael here at WCI 2023. How are you, Ralph? I am doing great, Yvonne. How about you? Are you enjoying it so far? So far, so good. I'm fantastic. <laughs> and today we have Nick Ferrante. Hi, Nick. How are you? How's it going, guys? I'm stoked to be joining you today. We are so excited to... I, first time I'm meeting you in person. We met on Friday. Yep. Right? Friday. So good to meet you. And I'm so excited to talk to you and get to know you a little bit better. So first off... What do you think so far? We've been here since Friday. I feel like we've run a little mini marathon already. <laughs> Plenty of steps happen between uh, Friday afternoon and, and the Sunday actual launch of the event, that's for sure. But honestly, I've been overwhelmed. It, I think the Friday night attendees is a little different demographic. Yeah. Uh, most, if not everyone that's here for that is here for the, the Give Kids the World Community Service Time. Correct. And so the folks that I was able to connect with on Friday night and both Saturday morning at the Give Kids the World Village event were people that I feel like I have a lot of sync or, or, or a good vibe with. Sure. Because they're here to serve, and the, you know, that's the primary reason to get here early. Sure. So that is why uh, I come early, and uh, Raphael and I, Raphael's been going to that for 16 years, right? Since the very, Since the very, 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 very beginning. When there was only... How many people? 12 of us. 12 people. <laughs> so, and then I'm on the committee uh, for, for sponsorship. So, yeah, that's a, a really big undertaking. But um, so what did you think about that? So I, I have a very personal connection to the mission of Good Kids. You were telling me that, yeah. My brother has a special needs daughter. It's not his favorite thing to talk about or mine. Um, but what I realized when she was born and he was so... I would say maybe less than eager to share that things weren't the way mm -hmm. that they had hoped or maybe expected. And that was really my first interaction with, with some of the stuff that special needs families or critical or families that have critically ill children go through mm -hmm. just the, the uncomfortability of sharing the truth or sure. the reality or, or what they're going through. And it took him maybe 15 months to, I don't know if it was to, get a medical understanding or muster up the courage. But he finally helped me understand all of the different things that she was facing. Sure. And, and so I, as a result of that, I got involved with a, a nonprofit based out of Atlanta called Southside Support that exists to support the special needs families on the South side of Atlanta. Sure. And so yesterday was both magical and emotional and I loved what uh, Adrian, their director of, uh, of advancement, specifically said that in tough situations with critically ill children, being honest with, she, with each other about the future is key. Mm. And she shared that her, her brother, for him, heaven or his wish was like chef quality mashed potatoes <laughs> and, and go into Disney. Right. But then as part of all of that, they ended up at Give Kids the World. Right. And it kind of changed his entire perspective, perspective of how that stuff really would happen in real life. And the, the mother and son who spoke last night at the gala sharing oh, yeah. just what they've gone through and how it feels miraculous for them and, and that the village is a little piece of heaven. Mm. Man, that's something I can totally be down with. It's something that resonates in my heart. And, and something that I, I hope to be able to, to bring a little bit of what I've already learned back to the nonprofit that I support. That's great. Well, I'm glad to hear that. So thank you for your service. Thank you for coming out and participating in the Give Kids the World Village 
uh, volunteering and the gala last night. Appreciate it so much. So now we're gearing up for the conference, the conference uh, portion of the event. So tell me about your experience with this conference. How many years have you been coming? It's been uh, a few years since I've done conferences in general. Yeah. Uh, the last few years were, were, were pretty wild, I think, for, for most of us with our in-person conference attendance. Certainly, yeah. Um, but it was actually one of the first conferences I came to when I first got into the industry, and I was pretty young back then. And honestly, uh, I wasn't prepared for how uh, hard maybe the, the, the workflow for adjusters were or was mm -hmm. and, and the way that they enjoyed themselves here. And so... It, it became kind of this legendary experience where you got to connect with people while they were just being them their their real authentic and raw selves. And so I, I'm I'm super excited to be back here at WCI for the first time in a long time. Good. Well, I know that we were talking and you were uh, previously with the investigative portion side of the house uh, with Frasco, and now you're with Gain Life. So talk to us about Gain Life because I'm excited to hear about that. So. Honestly, uh, it's kind of blown my world up. I, I've only done investigations within the claims industry for, for more than a decade. And I started out as someone who was mostly ignorant about the world of claims, about the world of investigations. Mm -hmm. I was just looking for a, a good corporate opportunity and, sure. and relationships helped to make those connections happen. And I've been selling investigations for a long time, but for a long time, I've struggled with some of the, maybe the phraseology that investigators use to sell their product, which is there's a lot of people out there who are committing fraud, taking advantage of the system, and you've got to be mindful because of that. And it's true, but it's also not accurate per se. There are just as many issues on the other side of the house that have kind of created that environment. And so when the team at Game Life reached out to me over the summer, what they were interested in is, is kind of the things that I do on LinkedIn and virtually through webinars and podcasts to expand their brand. Mm -hmm. And it was a new brand to me. And, and it's a behavioral science-backed texting platform. And that's really just the front end. We do so much more than the texting. We, we have a, a, a portal that injured workers can go to and they can get access to documents that typically would not be in front of them or at least easily accessible in front of them as an injured worker. And we're able to get signatures, we're able to kind of streamline that process to help connect them with the right physicians and it gives them a place where they can take their doctor's notes. And we use uh, behavioral science and, and just an understanding of the biopsychosocial components of being an injured worker sure. to kind of realize if those people are struggling mm -hmm. because when someone's struggling inevitably that's when a claim really goes sideways that's fabulous and i, I know we talked when we were talking earlier I, my good friend julie featherman is involved so i've been eager to learn more about gain life for quite a bit so i'm so excited to to be talking to you about this so what are your plans for the conference how are you connecting with folks and what are what are your goals here so connecting with people in person obviously is super important at, at the other end of that is is Kind of my responsibilities here at the conference for Game Life. We're doing uh, a virtual demo at Monday at 4:15 p.m. and Tuesday at 12:45 p.m. in our hospitality suite number 20588. And I'm I'm leading a discussion uh, titled "How Injured Workers Feeling Ghosted Is Costing You Big Time," because I think 
we just haven't made maybe some some modern technological progress within the claims industry. And that was one of the things that shocked me the most when the Game Life team reached out. Stacy was letting me know that it was a texting platform and, and I in my mind I had a hard time realizing that there wasn't anything like that already within the workers' comp space. And and so as a result of that, you've got to realize that, that there are people who who especially post pandemic have some real social avoidance, they're uncomfortable with interacting with people, whether it's in person or over the phone, that there's young people who would rather have a a texting-only device than have a phone call, that something around 60% of Generation Z uh, people responded to a survey saying that they would prefer that their parents still made their doctor's appointments. And I know that it's easy to believe that millennials are still 20-year-olds and Gen Zs are 10-year-olds, <laughs> but that's not the case. It's 22 to, to 32 for Gen Z and, and yep. 32 to, to 41 for, for the millennials. And so we're talking about adults who categorically have a distaste for talking on the phone. Right. And so I can't help but wonder how has that held back some of these KPIs and, and claim closure account goals from getting to the, the margins they used to have. Mm-hmm. If you have people who are uncomfortable being on the phone or taking a mm-hmm. phone call from an unknown number is considered a cardinal sin. I mean, how, how, how is the industry supposed to pivot? And I think the things that Game Life are doing is a smart direction to take. There are definitely many challenges with that demographic, right, Ralph? We talked about that a lot do. throughout the year. So what's your question? So, Gonna start wrapping it up here pretty soon. I want. I want to hear. I'm so interested. I want to hear more details about, you know, how are we fixing all those problems? Like, what what are we doing? Because you're absolutely right, and we're all trying to figure it out. <laughs> I would say that the fixing of those problems is happening too slow. Mm-hmm. Um, just as a for instance, we've been talking for maybe four years. Uh, maybe five prior to the pandemic about the difficulty of getting young people to enter into the the, the yep. workers' compensation ecosystem, that they just had some preternatural dislike for working for the insurance company. I think some of that is a result of, of pop culture kind of sure. e- examples from TV shows. There's almost no sitcom that doesn't have some reference to some negative reference, yeah. yes. <laughs> sure, to, to the claims industry. And if young people who are injured workers don't want to get on the phone with their adjuster, and a young person who realizes that getting into the claims ecosystem means they're probably ha- going to have to be on the phone <laughs> full time, what a disconnect that probably is for so many young people coming out of college who historically would see the workers' comp industry as a safe, stable, well-paying career, because it is. So we do talk about that a lot. What do you think, what, what are some of your ideas for how we bridge the gap? Like, how do we reach out to these folks? How do we get them interested? What are your thoughts on that? Well, we got to be where they are. Right. Um, and they're not on the, the, the social media platforms that we're on. They're not on Facebook. They're not really on LinkedIn. Uh, they are on Instagram. They are on TikTok. So trying to connect uh, the, the with them where they're at, I think, is a great first step. But then we have to decide that as an industry that the compassionate advocacy-based model of claims is going to be the direction we're moving forward into. Boy, we've heard that a lot, Ralph, right? Mm -hmm. Having connection to that purpose element that that these two generations are so um, 
focused on. That's a, an excellent point. It really is. And I love that you said connecting to them where they're where they are. Yeah. Um, I know I personally have had lots of uh, conversations with with businesses not understanding the ROI for being on Instagram or even TikTok. But man, you gotta you want to encourage these folks to connect with us and we, like you said we've got to be where they are look if we look generationally at demographics you have boomers and boomers have historically been you know the the generation of, of phone calls they've been the generation of fax machines they've been the generation of email mm -hmm. they have had to modernize and evolutionize themselves as sure. they've progressed in their career over time and for whatever reason it just seems like we kind of hit the pause button on what it, what what communication looks like for the last 10 years. And I don't know very many industries where you're still getting faxes, but I know that you get faxes in the claims industry. <laughs> we have joked about this. We think we we think that there's somebody in this industry that has some stock in the facsimile <laughs> business somewhere because we can't figure it out. Maybe it is just is It's got to be follow the money trail, right? Well, listen. I hate to wrap it. We always say this, you know, the conversation goes by way too fast. It's been a joy to get to talk to you. I'm so happy. So we connected on the Whova app. Yes. So shout out to those Love of us Whova that are. So I'm trying very hard because I'm the tail end of the boomer generation <laughs> to plug into these new apps and try to figure out new ways to communicate with folks. So um, it's been a joy to get to know you. Thank you so much for connecting with me on the app. And I wish you the best of success. I hope to stay connected. And we're going to see each other throughout the conference. So Not just th throughout this conference. Like, I really want to develop a relationship with you yeah. because everything you, you're delivering, it is so true, especially for this whole guy, <laughs> right? I mean, it, you said it best just a couple of seconds ago. Like, I remember starting to work at a law office where that typewriter was still going. And then we moved to like, ooh, That look. bell register noise. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember the IBM Selectric. The first time I got one of those on my desk, that the was like, wow. Like, that was incredible. The what? little ball that yeah, you could change yeah. out with different buttons. What a moment fun. that was, right? And then the, I think there's a Seinfeld episode about that. There, I think there is as well, yeah. The fags. Oh, my God. We were all watching it. Oh, here, here it is. Here it is. How about it, the AOL, wow. the, rrr, <laughs> that, that screechy noise? My, my kids don't understand that dial-up noise at all. They're that Generation 8. And it's a completely different world. Their world, we, we watched The Office, and, and this doesn't have to be part of the segment, but we were watching The Office uh, recently. We watched The Office a lot, but my mm -hmm. nine-year-old really clued in to the episode on betting, where mm. Ryan had bet that he could get Kelly to talk about Netflix for multiple minutes. Right. <laughs> and as she's explaining Netflix from the contemporary era of when The Office was shot, it was DVDs being sent in the mail with a cue. And my daughter was like, what's a DVD? And I was what like, is it's, that? It's a less quality Blu-ray. And she, she asked me, she said, well, why would you get that in the first place if you could just go online and stream it? And I said, baby, you just, you misunderstand that that, really, that wasn't a thing for a long, That's long so time. Funny. And so the, the, if we can't get in touch with the millennials and the Gen Z people, we're going to be in a lot of trouble by the time this Gen A generation That's right. That's right. That's Listen right. to that, folks, because he's absolutely right. Listen to that. <laughs> well, again, it's so, I'm so happy to be talking to you um, and hearing about it. We, we absolutely have to, to advance ourselves quicker than we are. So um, totally on board with that. Well, I'm so proud of the things that you guys are doing to lead that conversation. 
Um, I think it's key and clear that thought leaders need to stand up and use their voice to say that the future is coming one way or the other and already has come. And we yep. need to at least it's here. That. It's here. We need to figure it out, right? It's true. Awesome. Well, Nick, thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure talking to you and uh, can't wait to see what you got going next. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. All right. And as we always say, hasta luego. <laughs> hasta luego. Hasta luego, Nick. <laughs>